Hello, and welcome to Animal Chiropractic Clinic Chatter, a podcast where Dr. O, from all creatures, every spine, interviews doctors and animal owners that utilize animal chiropractic to get their unique perspectives. Yes, it's really a thing. Dr. O utilizes his 30 years of experience as both an animal chiropractor and veterinarian, and to dig deep into the discussion of complex issues affecting the lives of your animal friends and companions. Join us for this educational episode. Thanks for joining us for this portion of the episode as Dr. O begins to answer the question, What is animal chiropractic? He will look at how the chiropractic adjustment is a valuable and viable treatment for what ails your animals. joining us here. I should say Dr. Bill Ormston. Yeah, that's what he is. Better known as Dr. O, uh, the owner of yes. All Creatures, Every Spine, and Animal Chiropractic Education Source. And he's from Meridian, Texas. You know, I'm going to do everything I can to make sure your pet survives and yeah. has a positive quality of life. You know, that because that's important, quality of life. Yeah. You know. <sighs> so what are we, you know, if we're just, you know, if I'm just laying around in bed doing nothing or your dog is just you know sitting on a couch not being able to eat or drink or do anything what kind of a quality of life is that you know if he won't go play ball with you or go fetch or you know he doesn't go outside to go to the bathroom so that's our goal is to restore that um and sometimes we um do too much and sometimes not enough and I let me tell you that so I was in a I treated a bunch of barrel racing horses for a family it was grandma daughter um, granddaughter and, and so it was four generations basically of barrel racers in this same barn and I adjusted all their horses once and then I came back was adjusting them again and they said oh don't touch granny's Okay, she, she wants to talk to you before you adjust her horse again. Okay, so we adjusted everybody else's horses. I think there was 13 or 14 of them, adjusted everybody else's horse. Got all done. I said, okay, well, let's get Granny out here so we can talk to her. So Granny comes out. She goes, you leave my horse alone. I'm too old to go that fast. <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then I had a dog come in, and the dog was about 13 and had a lot of arthritis. But when he when when she came in, she was not moving at all. Not moving at all. Um, barely could lift her head. We we treated her chiropractically, got her to where she was walking. And they would come down every month, and we would adjust her dog. And I was just like, man. Your dog is really sore. He's getting around good. She gets around good, a lot better than when she first came in, but I don't know that we're mm -hmm. doing any benefit. She said, you need to meet somebody. 
So she went and she opened the door and she went outside and she brought her daughter. Her daughter had Down syndrome. She was uh. 24 years old, Down syndrome. And she's, we talked for a little bit. I got to meet her daughter. And then her daughter went back out to the car and did her, was on her pad or reading her book or something. And mom said, with her, it takes me 45 minutes to get to the car once we decide it's time to go to the car.、Mm-hmm. And she said, when my dog can take care of herself, like eat, drink, pee, and poop. Outside, inside, do all those things by herself. Then, and she's my daughter's dog, she can stick around. But when we first brought her in, I was having to spend 30 to 45 minutes a day helping my dog do that and helping my daughter do that. I can't handle two handicapped people. In my life, I don't have time.、Hmm. So, you are allowing my daughter to have her dog so far for another six to eight months. So, thank you.、Mm-hmm. And it wasn't, I, it wasn't like the dog wasn't a puppy, the dog wasn't, you know, but the dog was able to function at a level that allowed. The family to keep the dog、yeah. and bond with the dog. And so sometimes people are expecting different things、mm-hmm. from their dogs.、Um, yeah. You know, Granny didn't want to go fast.、Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the family just needed a dog that could really kind of take care of itself and allow the, you know, because it is hard for anybody to lose a dog. But especially a handicapped person that's bonded to the dog, it makes it even more difficult. So it's hard for a dog when they lose their handicapped person, too. But we see a lot of dogs that come through some of the rescues that we work with where the owners have been elderly and passed away and the dogs are lost because they're in a family that, that has more activity than they used to. Yeah. Wow. It's so true. So, oh, my goodness. For helping animals, go both one、ways. spine at a time. One spine at a time. One atlas at a time. We adjust them. Yes, Cairo.com. Make sure to visit our website, allcreatureseveryspine.com, where you can subscribe to the show and learn more about getting your animals adjusted. If you're in the Meridian, Texas area, drop in on a Tuesday afternoon to get your animals adjusted. If that isn't possible, schedule a consultation on your animal's health with Dr. O. You can also purchase a copy of Dr. O's book. Yes, it's really a thing. What is going on, everyone? My name is Stan Smith. I'm the CEO of X Dog and the inventor of the X Dog Weight and Fitness Vest. 
What is the X-Dog Weight Fitness Vest? In a nutshell, it is the world's greatest harness for dogs. It doesn't matter what you're doing. If you're looking to build muscle, combat obesity, address anxiety issues, high energy, you wanna suppress that energy level. If you just wanna take the average walk and turning into a health improving workout, we made it so convenient to exercise your dog that you literally only need about 30 seconds a day. It doesn't matter if you're doing basic obedience training or competing at high level dog sports or in protection sports, the X-Dog Weight and Fitness Vest can enhance it and take any type of daily lifestyle to the next level. If you want to be part of our mission of eliminating canine obesity or just being a part of our team, make sure you go to teamxdog.com. As always, man, I want to thank you for your time and your support and Team X Dog Strong. world.com if you're seeing this video it typically means you're interested in trying our 90-day challenge if your pet is suffering from allergies kidney issues obesity diabetes or even cancer our food can help with that so if you're ready to see your pet's health dramatically improve in just 90 days call us and schedule your consultation today hope to talk to you guys soon Your active dog needs more than water to rehydrate. Replenish Dog Water Supplement is an all-natural powdered water flavoring. Prevents dehydration and provides vitamins for your dog. Created by a veterinarian and rooted in science. Give your dog the care they deserve with Replenish. Join us as Dr. O interviews a certified chiropractor, veterinarian, or an animal owner. These enthusiastic people explain how they utilize animal chiropractic to alter the lives of the animals in their communities. Hey, welcome everybody to another episode of Animal Chiropractic Clinic Chatter. And, you know, thanks for making us number 17 out of the top 100 uh, chiropractic podcasts. Uh, and, you know... That's how I met this next guest because because I'm looking at this list that I didn't even know existed. Did you know it existed? I I, I don't know. I'm going to ask you where to find it after we hop off. <laughs> All, right. All right. So there's this list and this guy's on there and he's got this podcast and he's in the top five. And Dr. Amy says, well, you know how to get raise your rank, right? And I said, no. And she said, yep, you got to be a guest on those podcasts <laughs> above you. So here we are, you know, thank you so much for being on here today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here. It's been great connecting. I know we chatted a couple of times over the last uh, month or so, and I'm happy to, uh, to, to be chatting with you. Yeah. So you're, um, tell us a little bit about your broadcast. Yeah, so my podcast is called The Evidence-Based Chiropractor, and we basically provide research and marketing in the time it takes to get to your office. So episodes are weekly. They come out every Monday at 6 a.m. Eastern, and each episode is 20 minutes or less in length. So the goal being is that the listeners can get information on their way to their practice every Monday morning or whatever day they choose to listen. And it is bite-sized, it's digestible, it's actionable, and that's really the format that we've used now for over 400 episodes. Wow. Cool. Yeah. Cause, and it's all evidence-based. 
That's right. Yeah, you probably about 80% of the episodes are me highlighting individual research studies that I think are applicable, interesting, etc. And then about 20% are uh, uh, interviews. As a matter of fact, we have an interview with you that's going to be going live very, very soon. So uh, interviews with influencers is about 20% of, of the episodes and about 80% is me talking about research that I've found that I think would be great for the docs out there to know. Well, so you do know that um, consumers, 74% uh, of consumers prefer chiropractically adjusted chickens. I love that. I, I did. I, I heard that from you. That was the first I'd ever heard that. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I believe that article will be coming out in uh, Vertebral Subluxation Journal very cool. soon. Very soon. I'll look, so, forward, yeah. I'll look forward to it. And then there's a pig study that was printed last year in vertebral subluxation research. Um, and I was doing some research myself and I found almost a hundred years to the date in um, the chiropractic uh, newsletter from Palmer, there was an article on adjusting pigs and removing vertebral subluxations is what it talked about. And then a uh, hundred years later, Golly. There was an article published on a scientifically valid study of removing subluxations. Going full circle. Yeah. So it's pretty cool. That is uh, awesome. That it is out there. One of the things that a lot of my naysayers always tell me is there's no research in animals. Yeah. Yeah, that's silly. Uh, so, so yeah, let's, let's, let's talk about it a little bit. You know, what I've discovered, <laughs> you know, looking at a tremendous amount of research. So, and I'll, I'll kind of frame it out a, a little bit here briefly, which is for every week episode. So I'm like 400 episodes in, I usually review three to four studies per episode, choose the one I like, and then kind of move forward from there. So I've read well over a thousand, probably over two or 3000, but well over a thousand studies uh, that, uh, that might make me very interesting or very boring. It depends on which way you want to look <laughs> at it. <laughs> um, but what I've noticed is a couple of different things uh, is one, many of the a human studies actually begin as animal studies. So, you know, so one, it's it, quite often before a human study is done, there's an animal study done. So we're decades into really great high quality chiropractic research, which by definition, the fact that many times the animal studies are before, we are again, decades in to some very high quality animal studies. And that's also been and I think you've seen this as well, kind of picking up over the last 10 to 15 years, some real momentum. There were things dribbling along throughout time, but over the last decade, two decades or so, I've seen this compound more and more over time, which is absolutely fascinating. Now, some of the interesting parts about the animal studies that I've noted, and you know, certainly you're the animal chiropractic expert, not me, but what I've noticed from the outside in is that Many of the animal studies, you know, part of the challenge with an animal study is the subjective view of, of pain, right? <laughs> the animal can, right. usually can't talk. But what's really fascinating about the animal studies is it gets down to, which is what drive, you know, I think is crazy about the naysayers is like the fact that there is a relative lack of subjectivity increases the objectivity. So often with animal studies, you're looking at hard biochemistry, hard physiology, real changes that can be objectively measured, which is awesome. Um, it actually, I'm going to say, 
simplifies some of the research that takes place in humans where there's all these variables about you know the human eat a breakfast and had a good day or did they get stressed out driving to work so and that's how they're going to react to answering a series of questions whereas the animals tend to be those studies are awesome because they tend to be far more objective which is which is really which make them in many cases higher quality right yeah i can see that um you know and then what i find when i run across those studies is the reason that you know when when we do a study um when we do a research study when we publish the paper whether it's me or you or some third party author they get to choose the keywords <clears throat> and then those keywords are what people can find in pubmed searches yeah yeah, and it, that can become a big challenge. And you and I talked offline about it a couple of weeks ago in a phone call. And this, it tends to be a big challenge is kind of sourcing things. Now, uh, I'll kind of take a left turn here and say, this is going to get really interesting as we continue to see AI developed, et cetera, where you can search large databases more, I'm going to say, intelligently. Um, but right now, the the ability to search and the ability to choose keywords is directly proportional to your output. So if you type in, if you go to PubMed, for instance, and you type in the wrong keyword, you're not going to get an approximate answer. It's kind of binary, which makes it challenging to use and super important to have, I'm going to say specifically from an animal perspective, certainly people like you that can help guide and direct your listeners, the docs that you work with, uh, the public at large to be able to understand, gosh, when you're going there and you're not getting a result, it's not because there's not a result. It's probably because you haven't searched it in the way that's necessary. And with the research, you and I both know this stuff gets geeky and technical real quick. So it's, you know, it it becomes a little bit of a challenge. And this is where I'm hopeful, kind of tying it together with many of the advanced search tools that are being built right now, that hopefully in a year or two, maybe even less, this is going to be a lot less of an issue. But right now it is a major issue, as you're alluding to, which is if you're not if you don't know exactly what to search for, you can end up saying, Oh, there must not be anything out there, when in reality, there's thousands of of papers supporting chiropractic care and animals in a plethora of different ways. Well, yeah, Heidi Havoc's book. That's right. um, you know, uh, when when if and if you look at the references, you have to really read hard to find the five studies that she refers to right. in the body of the book when she says we did five animal studies that proved chiropractic works in humans. Right. And it's like, wow. <laughs> it's yeah, there. It's, it it's yeah, it 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 is out there. And and the really the great thing about it from what I've seen as well. And I'd be happy to learn either e either way. I mean, when you hit studies that you know don't showcase what you want, it's a great opportunity to learn. So not everything needs to be positive. Right. But the the in incidentally, almost all of the research that I've seen with chiropractics, chiropractic care with humans and with animals tends to be relatively unequivocally positive. <laughs> that sounded like I'm hedging there, but it but there's a lot of really great research supporting things. And you you referred to uh, Dr. Uh, Heidi's book there. You know, she does a, a great job really highlighting. I mean, she's not only a researcher herself, but she puts it into di some digestible uh, fashions as well. So there's, in many cases, many of the times for, for most people listening, 
using resources like Heidi, utilizing resources like I know that you highlight with some of the whiteboard videos that you do and really showcasing what's going on can be a better strategic play than going trying to go to PubMed <laughs> because going to PubMed directly sometimes can you can end up not getting what you're looking for. Well, and it can be scary. That's uh, right. I did a little history thing the other day and ended up going down, uh, which would be a whole nother episode for us. But we went down. Uh, I looked up uh, Fishbind, Moore's Fishbind, um, found some scary stuff about him, uh, found out about the Flexner report. Oh, goodness. Yeah. From 1910. Right. Um, and what most people don't know is that, yeah, the Flexner report, it was a Carnegie Rockefeller thing and, yep. and ended up closing 48% of the med schools in the country. Yep. It closed almost 100% of the vet schools in the country. Oh, I didn't they know went, that. We went, yeah, that one's hidden. It went from 54 vet schools to two. Goodness. <clears throat> Pretty scary. So basically, for those of you that don't know, this Carnegie and, and Rockefeller hired this guy to go out and look at all the med schools and write a report and see how we could get them all standardized. So he wrote this report, came back, gave it to Congress. 48% of the med schools closed. All but two vet schools closed. And then they all had to get their programs up to snuff. That was really easy because Rockefeller and Carnegie had money. We'll give you money to get your school up to snuff. All you have to do is teach this new program uh, called pharmacology. Right. So um, the New York School of Medicine used to be called the New York School of Homeopathic Medicine. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. And so this is this is what happens when you go down a pub mad rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, and there's some places you don't want to be. <laughs> and I'm like, this is scary. I know. And then I, oh no. And then you follow it. And it's like the more you, so, you know, and, and chiropractic is safe. That's the thing. It's so safe. But yet we've been led to believe it's not. Right. And that's that's another key component, I think, in not only the animal realm, but also the human realm is, you know, this this irony of, you know, and I you've highlighted some of what uh, BJ Palmer and Didi Palmer have said. And it's like, you know, you, do you believe, you know, I'll paraphrase one of them, but it's, you know, do you believe in a spoonful of medicine more than, you know, the entire healing nature of the universe? And that's a that's a real thing when you see, you know, somebody who's uh you see, I'll, I'll use an, ar an archetype example in, in the human realm where we see somebody who's, you know, maybe not as fit as they could be. They're not eating right. They're thinking negatively. They have pain. Uh, obviously, they probably, you know, there might be a psychological component. And it's like, you know, they have all of these risk factors for side effects for the medication, but it's like, oh, well, getting adjusted is far too dangerous. <laughs> you know, it's like, well, okay. yeah. And they have poor mobility, like as if the drug is going to help them move better. Like, you know, so, and I see a lot of the same things, you know, I, I, you know, being outside of the, of the veterinary world and outside of the animal chiropractic world with personally, you know, I'm not, a, I'm, I'm not a direct provider of animal chiropractic, um, but I keep my eye on the research. And one of the things I find interesting is a lot of those same tenants hold true to, um, you know, to the veterinary world from what I see on the outside looking in, which there's a lot of 
early advanced intervention, you know, when something's been building for years and years and years, and this is why I, I like and respect what, what you're able to do so much is, you know, a lot of times we see these animals that might, I, I say neglected, they might not be purposefully neglected, but they've been overfed and things like that. They've been loved on, but they probably <clears throat> haven't been, you know, optimized in terms of animal performance. And, you know, the, the, the person there's no care until the point where it's advanced interventions. And then it's, you know, it's everything in the kitchen sink and Hey, there's a time and a place for advanced interventions. There's a time and a place for emergency care. Um, but being more proactive with things. And I think to, you know, specifically to dogs that, you know, have known biomechanical challenges, you know, in a human being, we wouldn't think anything of it to be like, well, gosh, of course you need a tune up every now and again, of course, it'd be a good idea to, you know, it, if you're, biomechanically perfect, it's a good idea because you go through traumas, you you experience things in life, et cetera. But if you're biomechanically challenged, let's say it's completely obvious, but you can see a dog limp around for years and years and years and years and years and just destroy a joint due to bad bio, poor biomechanics. And many people have never even thought or considered the fact that, you know, a, a chiropractic adjustment or a series of adjustments along the way, uh, in many cases can probably avert that path or at least influence that path towards right. greater longevity, better health, and just a healthier animal overall. But you could probably speak to that a little better than I can. Well, and it's, it's all about, you know, um, it's odds. That's right. Let, let's say, and, and when you have, you have a dog. Yeah. You yeah. have a dog. Yeah. All right. So you bring me your dog. And I say, okay, Jeff, we got a 99% chance that what we're going to do is going to work. Okay. But that means there's a, a 1% chance that what we're going to do isn't. Right? Right. Can you honestly look me in the eye and tell me that you care about the other 99 dogs? as much as you care about your own. Oh, yeah, tough question. <laughs> because for us to get a percentage, right? Right. We have to have a hundred. Right. That are in the same condition as your dog is today. Yep. Exactly the same. All right. So Jeff, look me right in the eye and tell me that you care just as much about those other 99. I, I can't do it. I'm not, you're the vet. <laughs> right? That's you a hard question. Yeah. You don't care what the odds are. That's right. And I don't either. I'm going to do everything I can in my power to make sure your dog gets better. And I know that the first thing to do that's going to have the least amount of side effects, the most positive benefits is the power of the adjustment of that to yeah. remove the nervous system interference in your dog's body and allow his innate ability to control his cells at optimal level to come forward and let him be him. That's, That's what we're going to do. I think that that is, it's, it's so powerful. It's so logical. Yet when I think about 15% of, of humans utilizing chiropractic, I can't imagine quite frankly, how low the percentage on, on animals are. And it's such a, 
missed opportunity for so many people who do love their pets, you know, whether they love their racehorse because the racehorse makes money, whether it's their dog because it's a family, whatever combination of animals and, and the animals interacting with their lives, they're such an important part of all of our lives. Yet this is such, in many cases, such an overlooked opportunity for so many people. And uh, I don't know, that's why that's why I really appreciate you getting out there and telling that story, because it is a story that needs to be told. And it's a story that needs to be told by people that have experience and expertise such as yourself. And um, so I'll, t- I'll tip my hat to you, uh, you know, on, on your show here saying, I, I think this is a really, really important conversation to have. That's probably the can's been kicked down the road a long time, considering chiropractic's been around a hundred years. You highlighted there was early, um, you know, animal chiropractic treatments being given, but over time there hasn't been that push historically as we've seen in the human realm. And it just doesn't make any sense because as you highlighted, you know, when people, beings are upright, under, whether quadruped or biped, under gravity, uh, experiencing life, and they have a spine and a nervous system, and they're moving around, it's probably a good idea to, at the bare minimum, it's a good idea to get checked every now and again. <laughs> I put it that way, right? It's like, <laughs> well, yeah. And, and you mentioned one of the earlier, you highlighted on one of the biggest problems in, in dogs, uh, obesity, you know? And what people don't understand is that that what we've done with dog food is turned every bag of kibble on the shelf is equivalent to McDonald's. There's no whole food in it because that dog food can sit on the shelf for a year and a half and not rot. Good point. Yeah. It's, It's processed. And if, you know, if, if I eat every day, ultra processed food we know that's not healthy that's right you know but yet there's people that do it and then they take their pharmaceutical right right you know, yeah and, and what do you know <laughs> must be a coincidence and, and their their fake their fake stuff to you know fake vitamins and minerals synthetic right. uh, made with petrochemicals usually um but yeah, there's a new um, arthritis medicine out right now coming out for dogs. And a couple people have asked me about it. It's relatively safe. And everybody's like, oh, yeah, it's, it's great stuff. Um, and so I read the package insert last night. Not what they say about it, but the actual package insert. 34% of the dogs developed some kidney issues Hmm. (laughs) and then there's an asterisk above the 34 percent so i went to look at the 34 percent two out of the 134 dogs that were on this during this trial died of acute kidney failure oh my goodness That's one out of a hundred. Yeah, that's a that's a loose interpretation of relatively safe. <laughs> I'm like, what? Ninety nine percent, right? Yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> so it's still like it's like wow, but but that people are willing to do that, right? You know, and use that. I I um, actually had to look up the definition the other day of what they can use um, 
if I'm doing a package insert and I want to say something's rare or something's occasional or, you know, there's a legal definition for that. Yeah. You know, um, rare is one in 10,000 between one in a thousand and one in or occasional. Sorry. Okay. Rare is, is one in a thousand. Okay. Interesting. (laughs) Interesting. It, It was like, seriously, like I would think, but yet getting hurt by a chiropractor is one in a million. Right. But we know how dangerous that is. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's the craziness. Yes, that is the craziness. So it's out there. Um, so what would you like all the listeners to know about chiropractic? But in specifically. Yeah, I think the biggest thing is just, you know, in many cases. Just, I'm going to say, encouraging the listeners to keep doing the right thing, because sometimes doing the right thing doesn't mean it's always the easiest thing. So everybody that's listening out there, uh, maybe you're thinking about building an animal chiropractic practice. Maybe you're in progress of building an animal chiropractic practice. Maybe you're experienced and you have a great animal chiropractic practice currently. I would say, you know, continue to continue to keep the vision in mind which is ultimately you are doing something that impacts, you know, lives. And when you impact an animal's life, you don't only impact that animal, you impact all the family members in and around that animal. And that's a really, uh, that's a really important thing. And when we see, as you've kind of highlighted this overwhelming amount of pharmaceuticals and intervention and things like that, um, sometimes it's not always the easiest thing to show up day in and day out and be going against the grain. But I think it's really important to to just acknowledge everybody listening and say, um, you know, what you're doing is important. Well, what you're doing does really matter. And, you know, even though it might not be the most popular thing in the world today, um, how it gets there is by doing the work you're doing today. So that to me is is the big take home message is there's no question in my mind that in most cases, most of the times, um, you know, a chiropractic adjustment to an animal is going to have a positive net gain for that animal, whether that's to directly to, uh, you know, impact and influence the nervous system, whether that is to solve the symptomatology or anything in between. Um, we know that that's what's going to be the case. So in, in, I'm going to say, you know, when you and I highlighted it a little bit on on my show uh, not too long ago, but I'm going to just encourage everybody listening to continue to get out there, to continue to tell your story, to continue to network with other people, other, uh, you know, other uh, whoever it might be in your community. If you live near, maybe it's networking with the horse farm. If you live near a horse farm, maybe it's networking with a vet. If you're near a vet, maybe whatever it means to you, continue to get your message out there because it's a message that, and this is what we were highlighting on my show a little bit was people need to be able to make the decision. And if they're unaware that that's even an option, then that's a missed opportunity for you and for them. So everybody listening, my big encouragement would be uh, well done, continue to do the good work that you're doing and do not slack uh, on the marketing component of it, which sometimes can be the unattractive component because as clinicians, we want to get in there and take care of the animals. And I totally get that. Uh, But don't slack on the fact that the value that you're able to deliver via the care 
is proportional in some ways to the amount of people that know that you even deliver that service. So getting out there doesn't mean you have to run a ton of paid ads or anything like that, but get creative with your marketing, get creative with your network building and understand, I I, I talk about this in the human realm all the time, and I'll kind of wrap with this portion of it, is that every day that you're not getting out there telling the story are missed opportunities for friends, loved ones, and colleagues in your community to go the other direction and make bad decisions with their health because they were unable to make the right decision because they didn't know about you. And that's something that I take very seriously and and practice I have here in Tampa, but also in addition with all the companies that I'm involved in, I I view it as a, uh, the onus is on me to tell the story as frequently, as often, and as loudly as possible, because I want to just give people the opportunity to make a decision. Not everybody's going to want to work with me. Not everybody's going to want to bring their animal to you. That's a-okay, but you need to maximize the opportunity for those that do. So Dr. O, that would be my answer. (laughs) All right. Because we never know what we say or do today how many people that's going to help on down the road that's right um we had a a gal that worked for us for a while um and we're about out of time so this is going to be a short story yeah she was visiting her a friend a significant other an ex significant other but he was in a gate uh, as a guest of the state of texas for 55 years he did some stuff that he shouldn't have (laughs) and he was talking she was talking to a chiropractor in line and between the two of those, those two girls went together and they put together a program because she was had worked at a dog pound that we work at. And the chiropractor saw that a dog pound was kind of like a prison. And when when our gal that worked for us said, there's less fighting, there's less sickness, and there's less recidivism, we get the dogs go find homes and they don't come back when when they get adjusted and the chiropractor said wow that's just kind of like a prison isn't it so those two ladies got 500 prisoners adjusted in the state texas you know so wow because we go way back you know and we're saving the world one atlas at a time because that's all we can do but you know what if we can empty the prisons and the hospitals wow we're going to have a lot better world and they proved it. They used a lot less drugs. They had a lot less recidivism. It works in animals. It works in people. So everybody out there, remember, the body heals one way and only one way, above, down, inside out. Keep those atlases adjusted. If you are or know a veterinarian or chiropractor or a student of either of these professions, visit our website, Animal Chiropractic Education Source, See how to become certified in animal chiropractic. Start improving the lives of the animals around you. Thanks for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the ACES channels so that you never miss an exciting episode.